0: Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Larry Walters was a truck driver, but his lifelong dream was to fly. When he graduated from high school, he joined the Air Force, hoping to become a pilot, but his poor eyesight disqualified him. When he finally left the service, he had to simply be contented with watching others fly fighter jets over his backyard. One day, sitting in his lawn chair, he dreamed about the magic of flying. Then, one day, Larry Walters got an idea. He went down to the local Army-Navy surplus store. He bought a tank of helium and 45 weather balloons. Now, these are not the brightly colored party balloons that you'd see in a party. These are heavy-duty spheres that when fully inflated would measure some four feet across. Back in his yard, Larry used straps to attach the balloons to his lawn chair, which was just like a typical aluminum lawn chair, the kind that you probably have in your backyard. He anchored the chair to the bumper of his Jeep, inflated the balloons with helium, packed some sandwiches, drinks, and loaded a BB gun, figuring that Well, when the time came, he would just pop some of the balloons and return to Earth. When all was ready, Larry Walters sat down in his chair, cut the anchoring cord, and he thought he would just lazily float up a couple of hundred feet, spend, you know, a while looking around the neighborhood, and then float back down to Earth. But things didn't quite work out that way. When Larry cut the cord, he didn't lazily float up. He was shot up as if he'd been fired out of a cannon. He didn't go up a couple hundred feet. He climbed and climbed, and he finally leveled off at 11,000 feet. Well, at that height, he couldn't risk deflating any of the balloons because well, he might unbalance the load and then really do some flying. So he sailed around for 14 hours at 11,000 feet in a lawn chair. He did not have a clue as to how he was going to get down. Well eventually Larry drifted into the approach corridor for Los Angeles International Airport. A Pan Am pilot radioed the tower and said you're not going to believe this but I've just passed a guy in a lawn chair At 11,000 feet with a BB gun in his lap. Now LAX is right on the ocean and at nightfall the winds along the coast began to change. Those winds began to carry Larry out to sea. Well at that point the Navy dispatched a helicopter to rescue him but the rescue team had a hard time getting to him because the draft from the propeller kept pushing the balloons farther and farther out. Eventually, they were able to hover over him, drop a rescue line, and gradually hauled him back to Earth. Well, as soon as Larry Walters hit the ground, he was arrested, and as he was being led away in handcuffs, a television reporter called out to him, Mr. Walters, why did you do it? He stopped, eyed the man, and simply said, guy can't just sit around. Well, there is far more to life than just sitting down and doing nothing. Every person, every one of us has been put on earth for two reasons. First of all, to know God in their heart. And secondly, to show God in their life. Now, if you're a Christian, you understand purpose number one. But far too many Christians never go on to purpose number two. Too many people get into God's family, but they don't grow in God's family. Now, the Lord Jesus not only saves you so that you will live with him in heaven, but also so that he could live through you here on earth. I heard about a little boy, five years old, falls out of his bed. He cries, wakes up the entire household. After his mother had safely put him back in bed, she said to him, why did you fall out of bed? And between the tears and the sobs, he said, well, I guess I went to sleep too close where I got in. Far too many Christians make the same mistake. They come to the end of their life and they realize they slept too close to where they got in. They never learned the difference between union and communion. You know, Jesus said in uh, John 15 and in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now that's communion. Union is the basis of communion. To abide in Christ, that's a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, 52-week-a-year intimate fellowship with Jesus so that you become a fruit-bearing branch. You see, salvation commences with union, it continues with communion, and it consummates in a reunion. But until that reunion takes place, we are to be a branch in the vine, bearing fruit from the vine. That's the right connection. So therefore, we can learn three important lessons here. Number one, there is fruitfulness that God demands. John 15, verse 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You see, God wants his branches to be in the fruit bearing business. That's the reason the Lord chose us to begin with. In verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that the Father may give you whatever you ask him in my name. You know, someone has said that salvation is a crisis that is followed by a process. We see that here. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Now, a vine has springing forth out of it little buds that are called shoots. First of all, it's just foliage, just a fragile little green shoot. Well, then there's a flower, which is the bloom that is ready to mature. But then there is fruit. As Jesus goes on to say in verse 1 that the father is the vine dresser. The only thing that the vine dresser is interested in and looking for is Fruit. He's not concerned about the foliage or the flower, but the fruit. God is not impressed with the appearance of the foliage. He's not impressed with the color of the flower. He is strictly a fruit inspector. So our Heavenly Father wants to see every branch bearing the fruit of Jesus, who is the true vine. Jesus goes on to say in verse 2 that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, the Greek word here, interesting enough, for taking away, would be better translated lifted up. You see, sometimes branches of grapevines that droop too close to the ground are covered in dust and they fail to get the sunlight they need to grow and therefore they begin to wither. Grapes are not like squash or pumpkins, which grow really well on the ground. Grapes must hang free. Otherwise, a branch that lies on the ground, it'll become unproductive. So a vine dresser will come along and lift those branches off the ground and prop them up and brush off the dust Making sure that they're now hanging free and get all the sunlight that they need. Every branch to be a bearer of fruit needs sunlight. Remember, it's God that is the vine dresser, and the vine dressers are crucial to the vineyard. The vine dresser has but one job, and that is to maximize the fruit of the branch. So, you'll notice that there is a progression in this matter of bearing fruit. In verse 2, we are first told of that branch that bears no fruit. Then we are told about a branch that bears fruit. Then we are told that branch is pruned so that it now bears even more fruit. And then in verse 5, Jesus talks about the one that bears much fruit. That is the progression of practically every Christian. First, there is no fruit, then there is some fruit, then there is more fruit, and then there is much fruit. And our heavenly vine dresser wants every branch to be at maximum production. He does this by pruning. Jesus says in verse 2, Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, a vine dresser prunes in two ways. First of all, he cuts away any of the fruitless branches that might be sucking sap that ought to be going to the fruitful branches. Because if the sap is wasted, the vine bears less fruit. Then... He cuts away shoots from the fruitful branches so that all of the sap is concentrated on enabling that branch to bear fruit. Many times, trials, troubles, tribulations are simply pruning shears in the hands of the divine vine dresser. That God uses to cut away dead wood and fruitless branches that and sap-sucking sh- shoots so that we might bear more fruit and much fruit. Now, how does the, how does the branch bear fruit? By trying? No. By working? No. By straining? No. The branch bears fruit simply by abiding. Jesus said in verse 5, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. The word abide is used some 10 times in the first 10 verses. And this is truly the key that unlocks the door to the joyous, victorious Christian life. But what does it mean to abide? And why is abiding so important? Well, think of it this way when you put a tea bag in a cup of hot water, something amazing happens to the water. As the tea bag remains or abides in that water, it begins to color that water and flavor that water until that water begins to take on the color and the taste of the tea. The longer the bag abides in the water, the stronger the color and the stronger the taste of the tea. See, that's exactly what happens when you and I abide in Christ and he abides in us. The longer we abide in Christ and the deeper we go with Christ, the more the influence of Jesus Christ will pervade our life so that we begin to reflect his nature and his character. Now, understand the branch does not produce the fruit. It only bears the fruit. It's the vine that produces the fruit. Without the vine, the strongest branch is as helpless as the weakest branch. The most beautiful branch is as useless as the ugliest branch. The best branch is as worthless as the worst branch. That's why Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. That's in verse 5. Now, we still must answer the question, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, the Lord Jesus tells us right there in the passage. Abiding means, first of all, studying God's word. Verse 7, here's what it says. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. When the child of God looks into the Word of God and sees the Son of God, he is changed by the Spirit of God into the image of God by the grace of God for the glory of God. That's what abiding is all about. But abiding also means doing the work of God. Jesus said in verse 5, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. We've already learned that, it is what, that this is what God is concerned about. God, he is in the fruit-bearing business. That is his work. That's what he desires for us. It's also obeying the will of God. You see, Jesus said here in verse... Uh, Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. See, the most important part of our Christian life is the part that no one sees but us and God. Fellowship with Christ leads to faithfulness to Christ, which results in fruitfulness for Christ. But it all begins in that intimate fellowship when you get the Word of God into you. And as you get into the Word of God and as you abide in the Lord Jesus and as the Lord Jesus abides in you and that branch abides in the vine, the vine then bears fruit through that branch. Two important principles in closing. Principle number one, not all believers are branches. It is possible to believe in Jesus with your head, but not have the right connection to Jesus in your heart. As a matter of fact, John chapter 2 and verses 23 and 24, here's what they say. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs, which he did. But Jesus did not entrust himself to them because he knew all men. These were people who on the outside at least professed to be believers in the Lord Jesus, but he didn't commit himself to them. That is... He was never connected with them. He was the vine, yes, but but they were not his branches. Principle number two, not all branches are believers. How can you tell whether or not a branch is truly a believer? The test is the fruitfulness. The Lord Jesus said in one of the most somber warnings In all the Bible, Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 16. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a corrupt tree bears evil fruit. A good tree cannot bear evil fruit, nor can a corrupt tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. You see, a fruitless branch is not a failed Christian. A fruitless branch is a false Christian. Mark it down. The reality of faith is determined by the quality of fruit. No fruit, no faith. It is not the label on the outside that counts, but rather the life on the inside that matters. The question then is, so do we have the right connection? You know, I heard about a local businessman who was teaching a Bible class there in his church for fourth grade boys. You know, he really wanted to impress them, and so... His son was in the class, too. So during the lesson, he says, why do you suppose that people call me a Christian? Nobody said a word. Crickets, dead silence. He asked a second time, why do you suppose that people call me a Christian? Still no response. Finally, the man paused, and he scratched his chin and repeated the question, come on, boys, think. Why do people call me a Christian? Well, his son raises his hand, breaks the silence, and says, well, Dad, maybe it's because they don't know you. Well, friend, God knows us. And though we can be no one's judge, we can inspect the fruit. And if you're rightly connected, you will bear fruit. You know, there's a Christian college out in the Midwest, Midwest United States, where there was once this lovely tree that was the central part of the campus. It was a place where students would meet and talk, and it was there for decades, this giant oak, you know, the mainstay of the beauty of this campus. It had given shade to thousands of students. One day they hear this loud crack, and this humongous oak tree plunged to the ground, it broke right in half. So when they come to examine that tree, they notice that for the very first time that that disease had been growing within that massive tree to the point that all that was left was the outer trunk. Inside, there was nothing more than an empty shell. So when the harsh wind blew that day, that hollow tree fell because it was dead it had no root it didn't have the right connection so let me ask you in closing do you have the right connection do you truly know the lord in your heart and do you show the lord in your life jesus is the true vine the question is Are you and I true branches? Well, because if we are, then we will bear much fruit. Let us pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your love and your mercy, you have grafted us into the vine. Father, may our life bear much fruit, and may others come to know you and your goodness by the example and the testimony of our lives. Bless each and every viewer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every broadcast, we'd like to make a resource available to you. It's a booklet, a a book, a magazine, something just to, for you to add to your spiritual library, something to help you better understand this God that loves us so much that he has offered to abide in our hearts, and as a result, we should be bearing fruit. We have a little book here today for you. It's called The Power of a Promise. We'd love to send this book to you. If you're a first-time viewer, Uh, These books will arrive in your home, postage paid. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. You're not gonna get an invoice. We're not gonna expect anything from you. It's a gift from Lessons for Living Television. So if you would like to receive this book, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide.
1: To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe-Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 083. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. OPERATORS ARE STANDING BY NOW, WHILE ON OUR WEBSITE YOU CAN LEAVE A PRAYER REQUEST AND IF IMPRESSED TO DO SO, DONATE TO HELP KEEP THIS MINISTRY ON THE AIR. THANK YOU FOR YOUR SUPPORT.
0: WELL, WE'VE COME TO THE END OF ANOTHER LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION PROGRAM. THANK YOU SO MUCH FOR WATCHING. Uh, BEFORE WE GO, I'D LIKE TO SHARE A FEW THINGS WITH YOU and some of the ways that we can remain connected in between broadcasts. Uh, Let me talk to you first of all about our website l4ltv.com. The website is a great way to maintain your connection with us. All of our previous programs are listed there under the previous programs tab. Any live appearances that I may be having either in person or, or, or virtually You'll have access to them on the Live Appearances tab. There are some resources there, some study helps, some messages, some lectures I've given in different locations on different topics. You can can source those there. And there's a Donate Today tab where you can make a donation to help keep our ministry on the air. We are a charitable organization, so every dollar that is donated then is reinvested in the ministry. You can follow me on Instagram every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I put out a one-minute devotional video. You can get that. You can follow me on Twitter. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can like our Facebook page. This program, in about half an hour or so, will be on our Facebook page. You can share it with your friends and family. And an audio version will also be available uh, through our SoundCloud page and the audio version you can download and you can spread it through your network of friends and family. We would, we would ask you to help us get the word out about our program. And so those are some of the ways that we can stay connected in between programs. Let me talk very briefly before we go about a humanitarian, overseas humanitarian work that we do as part of our ministry under the banner of Mission Now Canada right? We, we go to other countries, we provide medical and dental services, all free of charge. Check out that website, missionnowcanada.com. You might want to join us on an upcoming mission trip or make a donation to one of those overseas humanitarian efforts. We are all out of time. Thank you again for watching. Please, please tell your friends and family to tune in next time. God bless you. We'll see you back here then.